Hi, kids. It's Martyr. Um, before the start of the episode, which is a very exciting episode with our special guest, Holly Day, I just wanted to remind you that um, we are, you know, running for your consideration for um, Best Podcast, um, which you can vote on the GLAMS website if you're part of NYC Nightlife. Um, I will provide a link in the description of this episode so we'd be so thankful if you vote for us um i also i am running for door goddess for the glam awards so if you'd also put my name down for that that'd be great um but without further ado um enjoy the episode bye wig did you just say wig wig okay Hi, kids. Hello. It's me, Martyr. Me, C. Tepper. And this is Wiggin' Out. Um, late September, early October edition. Correct. <laughs> I guess I that's like, when it's coming out. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Right probably. We'll see. We'll find out. Uh, fall <laughs> is starting. The queen is dead. We're having a great old time over here. <laughs> really aging our show right now. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying the queen is dead. Anyways, long live the queen. <laughs> Caitlin, what what are we doing today? Who are we talking to? So, okay. <laughs> so honestly, like probably one of the biggest like NYC legends, definitely the biggest NYC legend we probably ever had on the show. I would mm. say, Miss Holiday. Hey. Oh. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks Welcome. for having me, guys. I feel very like humbled that you agreed to do this stupid oh, show. <laughs> no, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, we're just gonna get right into it. Sure. Go back into the past. How was life like growing up in Boston? Uh, well, it wasn't really Boston. It was um, I was a military baby, so I kind of mm-hmm. grew up all over. Um, the long, like the longest I've ever lived anywhere is New York City, but uh, I guess like my high school, middle school type of stuff was in uh, Massachusetts, so Boston. So that's kind of, and that's also where my drag started as well. So it was great. It was really fun. I could definitely say like I could do Boston to New York, but I could never do New York to Boston. It just too total. Like it was kind of like a warm up for me, at least for drag wise, you know, moving into New York and everything. But I loved it. I love Boston. I had a great time. Yeah, I su- I mean, I'm surprised you did drag in Boston, but we'll get more into that. <laughs> yeah. It's a definitely uh, different scene. I mean, this was yeah. 17 years ago, so it was a long time ago. Well, wow. Wow. <laughs> as we said, ago. as we said, legend. <laughs> legend. Also known as old. old. <laughs> hey, I didn't want to say it. But... Right, exactly. I know what it means. I know. <laughs> um, so you have a background in theater. I know you did national tours, and then you ended up on Broadway doing Gypsy? Um, it wasn't Broadway. It was. Oh, it was um, Broadway. It was. A, it was. Tech, it was Chicago's Broadway, basically. Okay. But, um, mm-hmm. It was at the Ravinia Festival. It was the first time Patti Lapone did Gypsy, mm-hmm. and it was with uh, Paul Gimignani and Lonnie Price as the director. And uh, yeah, that was like one of my biggest gigs that I did. But I did do theater throughout my whole life. I, I went to a performing arts high school, Walnut Hill School in Massachusetts, and then I went to Chicago College of Performing Arts in Chicago. So, yeah, oh. it was good. I was. It was a good way to actually kind of. It kind of, I thought that was the path I was going and then drag snowballed so fast for me. But um, 
it was a good way to kind of set myself up for drag because drag, as we all know, is definitely an art as well as an art form. So uh, my theater past definitely helped me with my career in drag for sure. Uh, how did you then break into the drag scene? Uh, well, the truth was the first time I did was in Boston with mm -hmm. uh, Juju B from RuPaul's Drag Race was the first person ever to put me in drag. And, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, first person ever many many years ago airline that was oh that's his boy name yeah. uh put me in drag and um i did like a competition at this bar called access lounge which i think has been torn down now it's on lansdowne street um and i started that and i had a great time but i lost the competition not a shocker uh <laughs> and i think my drag name was like miss untitled or something like that i used <laughs> to be a go go boy back in the clubs like that's how uh, i became normal mm. i know <laughs> pretty horrifying to think of that as a go-go boy now i feel like this kind of <laughs> I, I feel like it kind of makes sense though i mean it was a good transition right <laughs> yeah um but no so i i did that competition and then i kind of just did drag on and off for fun like uh you know halloween and stuff like gay pride um and then when i started getting i moved to new york and i started doing tours and stuff like that and then in my off time, I would do competitions. I'd pick up little shows every now and then. I'd guest shows. I'd do a lot of um, charity work and stuff like that. And when I started just getting typecasted as a chorus boy in theater in the equity world, I just got sick of it. And I was kind of like, I'm going to really focus on drag. And then it just snowballed really fast from there. Um, is there anything from theater that you've kind of taken towards like the drag side? Um, I mean, definitely a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean... There's so many, there's so much drag nowadays, like um, reality stars and, you know, social media stars. And it's, I'm, drag is all drag to me. It's all, but I think as a performer, that's what I bring to the stage. You know, I, I take um, my theatrical background on how to put a show together and, um, you know, a, like uh, even performing a song and, you know, making sure it's got all different levels and all different colors of performances and the creativity that comes with theater, I think is what I've brought to my drag for sure. But again, that also is not, saying other types of drag is not real drag. I'm not that type of person. Like, you know, Instagram stars and, you know, those people that have millions of followers and everything, that's its own type of identity as well. That's very credible. So definitely think it's the same. It's just a different type of genre of drag. I agree. Mm -hmm. Even your drag's valid, Martyr. <laughs> <laughs> um, Holly, you mentioned that your first name or one of your first names was Mix Untitled. How'd you get to Holly? Um, <laughs> are we allowed to say in, oh, 20, oh. in 2022? I know. Like, um, well, before I get that, I do want to give a little disclaimer. Drag <laughs> definitely changed over the years. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, as I said, 17 years ago, it was before RuPaul's Drag Race and really before YouTube had a lot of tutorials and everything like that. And drag was way more underground and it was more supposed to be in your face. The humor that would happen was think Bianca Del Rio but that was like every single drag queen. Mm -hmm. um, it was very offensive. It was very in your face. It was unapologetic. And this was really when camera phones weren't huge. So like you could say stuff and it wouldn't get recorded and then mm. be like totally taken out of proportion and totally like, you know, mm -hmm. so <laughs> I was my, my first like business drag name here in the city was Miss Holly Cost. I knew this was going to bring brought up. I knew <laughs> you had to talk about it. I was like, I knew it was going to come and get me. I can't wait till I get all your little minions attacking me. But, um, Brooklyn, it, calm down. I know. It's, it's going to come after me. But, you know, I only had that name for about, I want to say about a year. Um, and then talking to many other people and, you know, bars not being able to hire me or like I got booked in the first year, I got booked to go down to do Providence Pride 
And they're like, um, we can't put that on a poster. And I was like, okay. And they're like, we're going to call you Holly C. And I was like, I sound like a missing Spice Girl. But I was like, okay, that's fine. So I just changed it because it wasn't a bookable and it's not appropriate now. I totally know that. So now- Gen Z would destroy you. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it would be horrible now. So I, um, it's very funny because I'm not sure if you guys know the writer, Michael Musto, you know, yes, very legendary. Of course. <laughs> uh, he was the one person that was so mad that I changed my name. <laughs> I can't believe you changed it, but I wanted to keep Holly. So yeah. um, uh, I kind of went through all these things like Holly Jolly, Hollywood, and then Holly Day came to me, but I was like, that's pretty simple. So I changed the Y to the E just to make it a little bit my own, a little bit something different. So. And now you can be the queen of every holiday. Right. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot. I think there's like two in LA I've seen. Oh, um, really? Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of them. They're very young, but yeah, I've seen that. Okay. (laughs) They don't know. They don't know. They don't know. They're gonna know. Right. (laughs) I don't know. So you moved to New York and then you had this like really strong hustler mentality when it came to nightlife and getting your name out there. I feel like a lot of queens these days kind of like just expect everything to happen to them yeah. and they don't put in the work, but you're <laughs> like, I mean, you put in the work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, as I said, it was like totally different. Like nowadays a bar has a drag show, at least one drag show every single day. Some of them have two, some of them even have three a day. But mm-hmm. when I was starting out drag, a bar would have one drag show a week and then it would be go-go boys and that type of scene. Uh, it would maybe have one or two, but it wasn't very many like, and drag Queens really, we weren't very liked very much like by the gate, like some gay men would like you and stuff, but it wasn't like what it is now. You know what I mean? It yeah. was not praised and not people wanted to know us. They maybe wanted to see you do a number and that was about it. And the drag shows weren't two hours long. Like they are now or an hour and a half. They were 30 minutes, 40 minutes tops, um and again there's supposed to be one but one or two a week at a bar um so it was a hustle so it was like there was a way 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 fewer jobs way fewer opportunities and um did you guys ever see uh what was that party monster that of course and that whole mentality (laughs) that that, where they hold where they talk about you go into a bar you make a full circle you say hi as many people as you can then you get out and you go to the next bar you make a full circle that's really what we would do Mm. and we would get i wasn't i was about three years in drag until i started actually getting paid for drag which is unheard of now yeah they They won't do it they won't do it they won't do it exactly (laughs) um and that's great i mean i'm happy now that drag queens are getting paid now and stuff like i love that but it wasn't the mentality back then. Like you had to go out, you had to just, and not even just go out and do a competition, just go out and try to walk and be seen amongst bars. I'm not, you guys all definitely know Peppermint, right? Yeah, of course. Mm. So Peppermint back in the day when Splash was still around and she was a baby, baby drag queen, she would take Peppermint candies and stand out at the line at Splash and just walk and hand people Peppermint candies and say, hi, I'm Peppermint, get to know you. Like that was how she got her name out there. I so yeah, that. she paid her dues and stuff like that. We all had to do it though. It's just a very different world, but yeah. I I feel like you've seen a lot of things change. Like how how did how do you think you like really made your market like started to like climb up the nightlife ladder? Nightlife ladder. <laughs> um, <laughs> like what what when did you like realize things were like changing? Especially because of all that hustle. Drag race really changed. Really? Mm. Yeah. I mean, not like season one and season two, right when it really caught on and stuff like that, around three and four and stuff like that. Um, and then it was just kind of like, I don't know. I don't think really drag changed. I mean, it did change in the sense of like, um, became way more PG, way more commercial. But um, 
it was more like respected like people wanted to see more shows because nowadays if you go into a bar and there's not a drag show a lot of people just turn around and walk out um so it, it has changed in the sense that people appreciate drag um they have a lot more opinions on what we do uh, and they let us know that is for sure but um uh, it's really like rupaul's drag race in my opinion at least had the hugest hugest change on it all and it really forced us to be the drag that we are now, which I call more commercial drag, mm. which is, you know, not what it used to be, but it's plus and minuses, you know what I mean? It's uh, good things like more people are not so offended and stuff like that, which is a good thing, you know, I wanna respect people's feelings, but I do miss the underground of it where it was supposed to be in your face. It was supposed to make you a little bit uncomfortable. It was supposed to, uh, it wasn't supposed to be so, I'm a pretty girl, look at me be a pretty girl. You know what I mean? It was supposed to make a statement about drag in that sense. So. But yeah, again, I would definitely say RuPaul's Drag Race had the biggest, biggest effect on drag, for sure. Yeah, going more a little bit more into it, um, how have the audiences changed? Audiences, um, I guess it's going back to what we said before, where they have so much control now. Like before, mm -hmm. I would come to a show and I'd have a set written out exactly what I wanted to do. I'd be like, I want to do this song to this song to this song, and now because there's so many options, because there's so many gay bars, because there's so many drag queens, we really cater to what our audience is. Like uh, my show that I do at the Monster on a Wednesday is gonna be different than the show I do on Thursday tonight at Queen at Industry because I cater to what that crowd is. Industry bar is a lot more younger. They want, you know, Miley Cyrus and they want Beyonce and they want that stuff where my crowd down in the West Village wants a bit more of eclectic. They sometimes will do some Motown and stuff like that because we'll get a little bit of older people down there sometimes. So. It's just now I've really molded. I'm not sure the audience has changed, but because they can get a hold of us, because they can voice their opinion on us um, and voice their opinion about, uh, trying to think of the right way to say this. Uh, <laughs> they can't, <laughs> because they can, um, you know, the cancel culture and everything like that. Yeah. It's, it's always in the back of your mind about mm -hmm. how you approach every single show. And I also think it's smart though, you know, because there's so many options and because there's so many drag queens, you have to mold your show to your audience. So that's definitely happened. Back in the day, it was not like that at all, for sure. <laughs> no, I know. I know a lot of like the longer running queens who've been around, like they've had to change a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I try to stay true to myself. You know, I don't want to yeah. try to like, I'm not going to pretend that I'm like, you know, fluffing fluff and bubbles and all that stuff it's not that's not ever going to be me but I can tone it down and I can you know make sure I don't I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings at the end of the day so yeah maybe I do but you know what I'm talking about <laughs> no, <I know. laughs> well now everyone has a camera too these days exactly so. that's the scary thing that I, I feel especially for your shows which I think a lot of times are on the grander scale like yeah yeah everyone's recording yeah. <laughs> I mean that's the blessing also about doing it for so long is a lot of stuff I produce now so um you know, I produce Queen and stuff like that. It's not really producing distorted Disney and stuff because that's all of the girls. But a lot of the shows are on a stage like the Lori Beachman Theater or even Industry, which is a pretty big stage as well. So um, that's been a blessing for doing it for so long. And because drag has become so accepted and excited, like people are excited for drag now, we're able to produce really big shows, which is really fun. So for sure. On that note. We're going to get way more into all these shows because there's okay. a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, we are. We'll um, take a little break. A little break. Um, we'll be right back, kids. Bye. Wig. Okay.
and we're back such a long long break break. (laughs) oh my god it's been weeks it's been weeks sure (laughs) (laughs) um holly um what's it like being constantly glam nominated especially for glam hosts oh my god <laughs> that is not how i worded that question that's not how i worded that question exactly how she wanted it. i have done a few of these podcasts and i will say this has never brought, been brought up but it's really funny yeah no um true story i have never won a glam award Boo. um very, neither very have good. we <laughs> well, there you go. Exactly. No, I mean, it is what it is. It's all about um, that award show has definitely changed over the years, too. Yes. Um, but it, it's nice that we have an award show. So let me say that. And it's, I have been nominated, which is awesome and very cool, you know, to be nominated by your peers is the PG answer I'm supposed to say. But um, over the years, I have 22 nominations <gasps> and never won. <laughs> I mean, um, I will say some of my shows have won, like Queen has won mm-hmm. one before. Yeah. So I do have. I have a glam up there, okay. but um, it never like an award like personally for myself. So, Boo! You yeah. and Bootsy, I guess. No, well, Bootsy's won. She Bootsy's has. Yeah, I, she won. was doing some huge campaign because she wanted yeah, Entertainer of the Year. I guess and she wanted Entertainer of the Year, and I think she got Best Comedy Queen. Yeah, that's what she got. I think, I think she got that. So, yeah, Bootsy's won, <laughs> and Brenda's won like forty million. So I'm like, God damn. Justice for Holly, right? Yeah, we'll start a campaign. <laughs> it's an honor to be nominated. Exactly. We're, we're oh, used yeah. to losing too, but not not that many. You're, not the, Susan, many you're the Susan Lucci of the Glam Awards. I am. It's kind of funny at this point, but no, it's all good. I always <laughs> tell people if you if you get nominated, that's great. And if you don't, it's not a big deal. As I said, you know, I've lasted 17 years without one and I'm doing okay. So I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's exciting if you win. I try not to pull that away from anybody. Like it's very exciting if you win a glam award, but if you don't, it doesn't mean that your career is over. It doesn't mean anything, you know? So yeah. I always just try to put it that way. Someone told me, I forgot who, some queen was like, it doesn't make a difference with my bills. Like it doesn't pay yeah. the bills. <laughs> I, mean, pay. I mean, it's pretty it's exciting. So, I, you know, like it is, it is an honor and it is very exciting to be seen by your peers, but when the day is over, nobody, you don't get extra gigs for this. You don't get a paycheck for this. You know, it's just something that sits on your shelf and gives you a little smile when you're doing your makeup. You know what I mean? Like that's all it is after the glam awards and people that are not in nightlife mm-hmm. don't really know. They have the no glam. idea. They no don't idea. know about the, like, <laughs> I will say like this show has been glam nominated and people are like, what the fuck is a glam? Oh, can I say that on her? <laughs> yeah, no, yes, yes. we're, we're um, <laughs> what is it? Explicit. You can yeah. God, God knows <laughs> everyone. Back and be like, beep, beep, yeah, beep. No, no. no. I mean, I can if you want that. me to. Marky no, would no, never want to edit that. No, no, no. But yeah. Uh, what do you think it takes to be the best hostess? You know, I've actually been asked this question a lot. Um, and my best answer is just reading your crowd. I, there's so many queens that get on stage, and especially if they're working with another queen, they'll just forget that they're doing a show, and they'll forget that they're. In, you have to engage your audience, and you have to look at when your audience is like, okay, should we go to another bar? Like, should we go somewhere else? Like, because it is New York City. If it yeah. was down and I'm not going to salt of a state right now but if it was down somewhere else at a bar where there's only three gay bars yeah those people are stuck there they don't have any other options but here in new york city they have so many options and so more coming that you have to constantly constantly be watching your audience 
I mean, that being said, don't like change who you are, but just keep it like, keep an eye at your audience. See how, if they're engaged, if they're just talking to each other, switch to something else, try to get a different topic in there, try to do different music, try to, you know, like, it's really, really important to constantly remember that you are doing a show and this is not just a key key for you and your girlfriend on the stage. Uh, so that's like when I see other drag shows, especially young queens, that's the big thing that I'm missing is that performance aspect. You know what I mean? Not all the time. I mean, I'm saying with some of the queens that I see problems with their shows. I think like hosting, it just takes a long time for queens to learn how to do oh, it. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. And I, uh, I just, as I said, I've been doing it for so long that you have to get that comfortableness on the microphone. And I was actually listening to uh, Sarah Silverman's podcast, and she was saying that the best thing a comedian or host can do is non-verbally say on a microphone i've got you like mm. don't worry i've got you we're gonna get through this show it's gonna be great and like if you can portray that that comfortability and that calmness doesn't mean slow but you know like calmness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. i've got you and i'm confident enough um that really helps and like the audience can feel that so that's the biggest advice and again that's exactly what you said it takes years and years to figure out that within yourself you know what i mean so yeah definitely what do you feel about queens who get like wasted while hosting? Because I've I've been in many, 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 um, I've many been a show. Queens that have been wasted and hosting the shows. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, many a show. <laughs> uh, no, listen. I mean, it happens. It's liquor. Um, you're in a bar. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard when everyone else is mm -hmm. drinking around you to not try to get up on their level and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I will say it's happened to me many times that I would like to admit, but um, really try to keep it in check because. If you are trying to make this a business, if you are trying to make a living off of this, um, which is possible, especially in New York City, uh, you have to remember that that bar is now your office. It's not there for you to go out there and have a good time. It's there for you to make sure they have a good time. Yeah. So um, again, it is way easier said than done because even 17 years in the business, I'm like, ooh, did I end the show? How did I end the show? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it, it definitely happened and it's embarrassing, but um, I do highly, highly recommend that you keep it in check, especially if you're doing five or six shows a night, you don't want to be getting hammered every single night. It's not only not classy and not cute, but also not good for your freaking health. So sure. that's what I would recommend. I mean, just try to keep it in check as best you can. I was going to say like, I, I personally don't even drink until like I'm done performing for like the yeah. night, like it's I won't smart. Touch it. I know a lot yeah. of people that do that. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people that are like, I won't drink until the show's over, mm -hmm. or I won't start drinking until halfway through my show. Yeah. I do some of my nights that I do, especially on my Sunday night show, because it's after you know five shows, and I can after two shots, I'm like, I'm drunk, I'm drunk. Yeah. So <laughs> I literally don't start till halfway through my show. So I'm like, okay, by the end, I'll be ready to jump in my cab and we will right out of here. But <laughs> What to each their own. You just, I also recommend, you know, making sure you got a really good friend circle mm. that you kind of keep that in check. Um, because again, you know, it's so easy to lose a job. There's so many queens that can slip right under you and just be like, all it takes is that manager to be like, I'm done. I'm done with this. I don't care how talented you are, but you're that much of a mess. I can't defend you anymore. So I've yeah. seen it happen tons and tons of times. Yeah. Tons. <laughs> well, Going from your philosophy on hosting, um, how about we go into some of the shows you host? Okay. Um, tell us all about Wasted Wednesday and Spunk. Yeah. So at Monster Bar, I'm there on Wednesdays and I'm there on Saturdays. Uh, Wednesdays and two very, very different shows. Uh, Wednesdays, <laughs> um, it's me and another drag queen. I've got four girls and I rotate them out. So my girls right now are Nova Czar, Pataya Hart, um, 
<laughs> who am I the girls? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Katie Button and uh, Tina Twirler. And um. so they each take one Wednesday of the week. And um, it's great. That is what, for me, out of all my shows, every single one of my shows, every single uh, week, day of the week is completely different. Yeah. That's made, that's made it work for me over the years that I've been able to do it for so long. My shortest running show right now is nine years so yeah it's been nice that they've lasted so long but it's because I keep it if I was doing the same thing over and over and over again it would never work Mm -hmm. so my Wednesday show is what I call my classic drag show it's not very structured um it's gonna have me and a girl we do like drag roulette or drag suicide whatever you want to call it we do it twice and then it's me just kind of having fun with the audience doing games getting people up on the stage just way more relaxed type of feeling and a kind of a more as I said classic drag show um do you want me just to keep going through my schedule yeah let's do it okay. go for it and then queen on thursdays at industry bar is very produced it's choreography it's costume changes it's themes um and i've got a huge core cast uh, about of eight girls and they rotate them out so they each do twice a month um and we'll do themes like uh like tonight it's back to school we kind of keep it like last week it was that's a wrap on summer we'll try to keep it with what's going on um and then we've got three big production shows that we do at queen we do alice in wonderland we do the wizard of oz and we do the lion king uh we call it the lion queer and yeah. um <laughs> that's why we'll do the full like you know alice in wonderland will go all the way down the rabbit hole and do and she meets all the characters and do the whole production there um so that's my big like production show and that's really really fun and then fridays uh fridays i have kind of like three gigs that i do right now um i do distorted disney which has been running in March will be 11 years. And that's with uh, Bootsy LaFerris, uh, Brenda Darling, and now it's Fifi Dubois and myself. Okay. And uh, actually very exciting. We're going to next weekend, uh, the original cast, which is with Pixie Aventura, um, we're going to Disneyland to perform at Gay Days. So that's very oh, exciting. Wow. I yeah. saw. We're very I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> we got a call and we're like, oh, fuck. We're getting sued by the mouse. Like, this is, <laughs> this is the end. It's over. <laughs> and then they call us and they're like, no, we want you to come and perform for Gay Days in Disneyland. So we leave uh, next Friday. So uh, we're very excited for that. That's very oh, exciting. That is exciting. A long time yeah. coming. Yeah, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> So then back to Friday, uh, I do, when I'm not at Disorted Disney, I'm at Open Call, uh, which is a drag competition at Ritz Bar, which is really, really fun for me because I get to see the young talent. These Some of these queens have been doing drag for three months, four months. And to see the talent that they have is very exciting and inspiring for me. Um, so that's every single Friday where the uh, audience is the judge. Oh, okay. And then the other show on Fridays that I do, sometimes I do doubles when I go out into New Jersey and I do Feathers. Okay. Which is very fun. Love Club Feathers. Uh, it's a half hour show. So it's brilliant in my mind. It's my oh, old wow. school days. Yeah, it's a half hour. We just come <laughs> in, we do like me and another drag queen just kind of do two numbers, a quick game, and then get back across into Manhattan. So I love that. I love when I get to go to Club Feathers. Um, <laughs> and then Saturday is Spunk, which we were talking about before, which uh, we are celebrating Thursday, um, the 22nd, is their 10 year anniversary of Spunk. So that's very oh, exciting. Wow. Uh, but yeah, that's basically pretty self-explanatory. We've got 30 to 40 go-go boys that walk around offering lap dances. And I'm the madam, I guess. I, I feel like if you ever see are Mexico, <laughs> house, I'm Dolly Parton of the group, basically. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. I mean, you know, it's a tough job. I get to look at 30 to 40 hot men every single Saturday. So that's fun. And then um, on Sunday, we're at Pieces for Spunk again. It's a little more of a smaller group. We usually have around 
uh, 15 to 20 go-go boys. Oh, and that's more of a cabaret style. Um, so we get like, um, you know, people are sitting down at the tables. I get, a, I get to do more drag, like where I'm posting more um, because it's um, Saturday at Monster. It's definitely a dance party where I'm just kind of amongst the crowd. Um, but Sunday is more of a cabaret style. So it's definitely a different type of spunk. It's two tough, totally different parties. But um, yeah, and we got drag queens, we got Novazar, we got Cherry Poppins that both work at Spunk as well. So you just had Cherry on our show. That's my life. <laughs> that sounds like a full schedule. She's, she's so uh, like she has so much free time. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wish I did. I wish I could. But uh, no, I'm very, I'm very blessed. And I always say, you know, I'm very, very lucky. I've worked very hard to get them, but um, I am very lucky. I was at the right place at the right time, is what I definitely believe. So I think you put in the work too, though. There's, I, I've <laughs> yeah. seen so many girls come and go in nightlife, and like, yeah, oh yeah, totally, totally. The it's girls who stay yeah. and work, it's for a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it just some people it's for them, and some people it's not for them. And I've seen a lot of girls that go three years in, and they're like, nope. And I would say that's like where you find out really if you want to do drag is the three year tick, where you're like, now you either got to go balls to the wall or you got to get out because drag is so expensive, and it's you have to invest so much money for it to go anywhere, especially nowadays. Um, so the three-year mark is usually where you see girls either drop or take off and go for it, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay, Mark, here? <laughs> like, how many years have I been doing this shit? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. So you've competed in a lot of pageants and won a lot of titles, like Entertainer of the Year at Miss Fire Island. What has that experience been like? Um, this is always the hardest part for me because I have to be like, <laughs> I've won this and I've won this. Yeah, no, <laughs> list it, girl. No, you've earned but I've it. Lost, I've lost a lot more than I've won. I will definitely say that. Um, the two the two big ones that I'm really proud of are I've won Entertainer of the Year twice out of Miss Fire Island. Um, but I've also competed in the pageant part of that and lost every single time so <laughs> um, I've done that pageant five times I've done entertainer of the year twice and I won both those which was great very very honored for that and it was really really exciting to win the first year I did it um I did this number with these two dancers and halfway through while I'm getting judged my music just stops and I'm literally in the air getting thrown by one dancer to another dancer when it turns off and these boys are such professionals these men sorry are such professionals and they just kept throwing me back and forth like and one one of the guys just started being like hey started making this music with his chest I don't know I was in the air thinking we got to stop but they just kept throwing me back and forth and the audience started clapping and we finished the number with just claps and chants and that was it and uh, we won so that was really 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 exciting for us for that and then the second time I did it we won I did a number oh my god my dog is gonna bark I'm sorry right. <laughs> um, uh but stop stop it oh my gosh sorry <laughs> daisy is crazy um Aww. but uh the second time we did it i did a number dedicated to my aunt that passed away from multiple sclerosis um and my dancer that i did it with his mom had just passed away from breast cancer so we kind of did a morphing of the, both those things together it's about losing somebody and we did the song skyscraper by demi lovato and we totally both went into it going this is not a type of number that wins at the misfire island pageant you know um but it was a beautiful piece. It was something we wanted to do for our, for my aunt and for his mom. And we ended up winning and it was really, really great. It was because it was a number, I've never seen something like that at the Misfire Island pageant. Um, so that was really, really exciting to win that piece, especially for like a slow kind of modern dance piece that we did. It was really, really exciting. 
Um, but as I said, I've done it five times. So the three other times I did it, uh, the beauty pageant, the first time I did it was the year Brenda Darling was Miss Fire Island. And I completely did not place. I was like oh. dead last, <laughs> no. which totally happens. It's all good. I had the time of my life. I had so much fun. Um, and then the second time I did it, I came in third place. I was Miss Ice Palace. Um, and then the most recent time I did it, I again, didn't place at all, but had a super, super fun time. Miss Fire Island is a pageant I highly recommend to every drag queen if you're listening right now it's a good one to start yourself into it's not that like complex like you don't have to do like you know bathing suit and question and answer and all that type of stuff it just really is a good way to kind of get your feet wet into the pageant world um some of the other pageants i've done is missed america which is down in atlantic city um and i've done that three times again uh i placed top five my first year wow. i was uh first runner-up I placed second place for my second year and then the third year I did not place at all so again it's like you know pageants are you win some you lose some and you mm. just have to go in with that mentality of of course you know you want to win but you got to go in with that mentality of you're here to show off the, your best package that you put together you got to be proud of yourself and it, it is a huge accomplishment to get it all together and to get it you know put that package out there so that's what I try to do you know you're of course you're bummed of course you wanted to win but you know after you've calmed down a little bit just try to tell yourself like I'm really proud of what I put out there. So yeah. And that's my pageant basically experiences. I've done some bar pageants. I was Miss Monster, I think 1912. I don't know, but like, <laughs> I've done some stuff, like other things like that. But yeah, those are that my was a good year. That was a good year. Yeah, for it was. Monster. It was yeah, the Titanic yeah. and me. It was a very good year. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Could you give us maybe the history of Distorted Disney at all? Or yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, so Distorted Disney was started, uh, as I said, 10 years, 10 and a half years ago, because in March will be 11. Um, and it was started by my, well, me and uh, this drag queen who's not around anymore, named Dallas Dubois, uh, came up with this idea. She kind of started the idea, and then I built it off of her. And then we brought in um, Pixie Aventura and Bootsy LaFerris. And, um, you know, we wanted to take Disney, because it's such a easy, easy type of theme everybody mm -hmm. loves disney mm -hmm. and then just really fuck it up you know what i mean like totally make <laughs> it raunchy make it dirty make it drag make it gay make it fabulous um and basically we all decided every song that's in there is responsible by the queen uh who's performing it so every song every mix that's there um was made by that actual queen so that's very important to say um and then what happened was we decided the characters and we decided uh kind of the path we wanted it to go on. We wanted to do the middle section. We do all the villains. So it's like Corella and Maleficent and Ursula and the evil queen. Um, and we, then we went back to like, you know, and then the second part of the show is like the Disney princesses and stuff like that is what we end with. So uh, it's evolved over the years, which is really fun with Disney. You know, as we get new characters, we get new things. Um, like, and Kento's coming in pretty soon. Bootsy's going to be doing that. Um, <laughs> I hope she's Brenda's going to be joining me with Little Mermaid because, you know, we have a black Little Mermaid now that's coming oh, up. Right. very exciting. So, you know, that's what's really fun. And Frozen, we added that when that came in. So the show is constantly updating, which is nice because that way when we have, we get a lot of repeat people that come back to that show. Um, so it's good to keep the show fresh like that and stuff with them, which is really, 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 really fun. So. We'll see how it goes in Disneyland. I'm very nervous about it. I that. wish I could see it. Yeah, like, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure we're not going to be able to leave the theater once we're in Disney. Because can you imagine like, oh, yeah. like, like the real Cinderella walks by and I'm in as dressed as Cinderella and the kids are freaking out and screaming all around us. I'm like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I can only imagine. Because yeah. actually, to be sorry, 
uh, before drag really took off, Bootsy LaFerris and myself were on the Disney Cruise Line together. Oh. We both performed on there. So we know Disney pretty well. We went through the training of Disney. So we, oh. like, we got the ins and outs of Disney in this Ooh. show as well. So <laughs> the secrets I can't say, right? <laughs> Ooh. Off camera. Off camera. Exactly. Off camera. <laughs> Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Queen and like the evolution of that show because that's yeah. probably, I think currently probably like the biggest drag show. Like, well, thanks. I hope so. right now. <laughs> yeah, it's been running for eleven years. That show. Um, it was the first year was hosted by Shaquita, legendary, legendary Shaquita. Yep. Um, and then she left one year into it, and then Dallas uh, Dubois took over it for a year and a half after that. Um, and then at the three-year mark is when I took over. And coming up in December will be our 12 year anniversary. So I've been the host for the longest time, but um, it has the reason why it's so big is because of the core cast and because of the previous hosts that were there before that really, especially Shaquita that started off right off the bat, making it a big, big drag show. And that we never had, we never had a production value type of drag show where it was elevated costumes were elevated there was choreography there was um at that time there wasn't themes but um it was very what Shaquita wanted to do was really make a production value type of show a very theatrical experience um and the boss Bob Pantorelli of industry was very involved and very excited about that and he trusted us with a huge budget um and then Dallas Watt came in and she made it more um way more like she's her background is in tech uh, technical like theater so she brought a lot of that and she made it rain on the stage she tried to zip line in one year uh, so like <laughs> she really elevated like not just trying to make it just classic drag like really trying to make it like crazy crazy broadway type of drag you know what i mean um and then what i did over the years was my background is in dance and stuff in musical theater so um i try to bring in the production shows like alice in wonderland and wizard of oz and the lion queer and then it really comes down to just my core cast that i have which is um Let's see if I can name them all. There, they, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many. There's, we've had like, you know, part of our core cast was once Monet Exchange, yeah. Thorgy, Bob the Drag Queen. Jan. All these people have gone through it. Yeah, Jan, Sport. So a lot of them have gone off. But our core cast right now is Bootsy LaFerris, Brenda Darling, Jada Valenciaga, Chelsea Pierce, uh, Anita D, Fifi Dubois, and Androgyny is our stage manager. I hope I didn't forget anybody. I feel so bad when I look <laughs> back on this. Um, I'm pretty sure that's everybody. But uh, I said Chelsea Pierce, right? Yeah, I, said, I think okay. so. Oh my God. You did now, you did now. You did now. I did now. That's all that matters. But um, again, they're all incredible and they all bring something different to the team. Um, you know, whether it's comedy, whether it's dance, whether it's uh, the drama, the look. Oh, Pattaya Hart. That's the other one. Sorry. Oh, yes. Hello. It's Continental. Currently. It's Continental. Yeah. Not, she didn't win, but she well, almost she got did. second runner up, which is huge. Huge. Sorry, <laughs> love you. Buddy. And she won um, talent and evening gown, I think. Yeah. Huge. You guys got to get but- her on this. I would love to. Yeah. Oh, she would love to do it. She loves to talk, please. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I like I like Pataya at your at Queen because she's always hanging off of things. I know. Well, she's crazy. <laughs> I mean, she's gorgeous. So I'm yeah. like, but I mean, again, that's what they all bring. You know, they mm-hmm. like they bring that different level, and they all are something different. Um, and that's what keeps the show fresh and really elevated. So I think that's why we've been going for now 11 and a half, 12, almost 12 years. Um, you've had a lot of celebs there. Any favorite yeah. celebs or stories with them? Celeb sightings. Um, we've had a lot. I mean, you know, Adina Menzel, Nick Jonas, Demi Lovato. Um, and my favorite would be uh, was the Nick Jonas and Demi Lovato time that came. Uh, 
I remember. She performed at another bar. I'm not going to say where, but she performed at another bar and it mm. didn't go so well. Um, oh. You no, know, it was fine. It was fine, but it was not something they could publicly put out with, oh. the, way, with the way it went. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah. So then they called us and, they, and the show was already over. So then they were like, can uh, Demi Lovato perform? And the manager asked me, he's like, is it okay if Demi Lovato performed? And I said, is that a drag queen? I was like, what are you talking about? Because I didn't think the real Demi Lovato. Yeah. Was, I mean, I thought just some drag queen named herself Demi Lovato. And I was like, he's like, no, 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 really Demi Lovato. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to say no to that. Of course. <laughs> but she came up and then Nick Jonas was with her and their whole team. And they were the nicest people in the entire world. Um, so, so, so sweet. And it was right when her song Confident came out. And the plan was I was going to go out on stage and introduce Nick Jonas and he was going to introduce her. So I went out stage, I introduced him and he came out and gave me this like big hug, but I'm used to like, you know, you're not supposed to touch celebrities. So there's a picture and my arms are by my side and he's hugging me. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) their mouth open wide, totally shocked. And the Everett of course has their cameras out and it's all filmed of me non-hugging Nick Jonas. I know I'm like God, this gorgeous man and I didn't touch him but then she came out she performed she was incredible uh so that was probably one of my favorite times but we've had again many many people Charlie XEX came and performed with us as well so we've had a lot of them that's so Very cool, cool. Mm-hmm. um our last question before we go into our other break um what what has it been like to, because you've been in New York my life so long to see like all these girls end up on like big reality shows or winning big pageants like a like rising and kind of disappearing I think as well from nightlife <laughs> in New York well, at definitely, least. definitely um, disappearing from nightlife especially yeah. least, you know New York City a lot of them yeah. want to get on that show and they LA. do well they go right to LA which yeah. makes sense because a lot of them want to get into film I personally think it's very very exciting um I root them all on I cheer for them I'm very proud to have worked with them um when Monet was really starting out I was like one of her biggest cheerleaders I put her in my show down at the monster I put her in my show at queen um she did just sort of Disney a couple times with us as well uh but again all of them Thorgy, Jan all of them that have gone uh I just really am very proud of them and it's so exciting to see how big they've gotten now with like uh, Bob the drag queen with we are here from that HBO and Emmy award winning and like it's just wild and it's really, really mm-hmm. exciting time. It's exactly what we talked about at the beginning of this podcast was how was drag was so underground. And so back, I couldn't even imagine that there would be drag queens winning Emmys back when I first started. You know and I mean, it just was not even fathomable in my mind. So to go from where we are now and mutual friends that I worked with are winning Emmys is wild and very exciting for sure. And on that note, I think we should take our last little break. We'll be right back, kids. Bye. Wig, okay. I know. Wig, I feel that already. Wig, okay. Wig, did you just say wig? Wig, okay. I am ready for my wig. And we're back. Okay. So Holly, we talked all about hosting and being in pageants and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have like a favorite performance you've ever done before? Mm. Favorite performance I've ever done. Um, Gosh, of course I have like some off the top of my head, but I'm like, which one do I really want to mention? Um, (laughs) Again, I think it would be what we talked about before when I did that piece um, 
oh my gosh, I'm sorry. My dog is licking me. Daisy. <laughs> she gets very like, she needs focus to be on her. Um, <laughs> the, I would have to say it was probably that time that I got to perform at Miss Fire Island for the second time um, mm-hmm. doing the Demi Lovato song, uh, Skyscraper. <laughs> and getting to do that number that was for my aunt and um, for his mom, Julius's mom, uh, was really, really such a win or lose. We didn't care. It was just something so nice to put out there. Um, she's somebody that means so much to me. Uh, she was like a second mom. I actually have a tattoo on my wrist, um, which she used to have this saying that was always eat dessert first. Um, and that was, she was a big fan of sweets and everything like that. Uh, but that was also then, you know, take that into your life and do what makes you happy. And uh, that number made me happy. It made me so happy to portray something like that. So um, I think that's probably the most significant number I've done, something that meant so much to me. Um, and then to have the reaction that it did winning on top of that. And then just the people that came up to me afterwards and talked about it and how it hit them and they've lost somebody to either cancer or some other disease. Um, and to know that drag, which is normally a very silly and in your face and kind of, you know, not something you would take as like a dramatic type of piece and to put that on a stage was really, really very cool. Love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we talked a little bit about everyone else getting all these drag reality shows. Would you yourself ever do RuPaul's Drag Race or any other like drag? There's so many yeah. now, like yeah, you, could, you could just throw a rock at it. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, of course we get that question all the time yeah. when are you going on drag race, when are you going, um, and I, I take it as like a flattery thing, you know, of course, um, for me, I've only auditioned for RuPaul's Drag Race the second season, um, oh, when wow. it was back in the day where they used to travel to the big cities. They used to come to New York. They used to come to like Denver and stuff like that. Um, Denver of all the cities I could have said. I <laughs> uh, but they did, they used to come and like kind of, you know, scout people-ish yeah. officially. Um, but now since the popularity of the show, they don't do that anymore. Nope. Uh, so I've only auditioned for season two. It's, I love the show, don't get me wrong. I watch the show, I host the show at bars. Now I'm just not sure if it's for me. Um, I will say this though, if they called me up right now and they're like, Holly, do you want to come on the show? I'd be like, sure. <laughs> of course I would want that exposure. But uh, that audition tape is extremely hard. It's yep. so many looks. It takes hours and hours and lots of money. Um, and when I'm working five or six nights a week, it's really hard to put that all together and put together something that I'd be proud of to audition for. Um, so I uh, commend all the girls, you know, that work just as much as I do and are able to put those videos together. But, you know, again, you have to have that drive. You have to have that want to get on the show to do all that work. It's just tons and tons and tons of work. And then you have to edit it all down. And I know girls that have paid close to $3,000 just to get that video made. And then they don't get any past the first round. So uh, as far as other shows, I'm not sure competition shows are for me. Mm. Um, I would love to do... Uh, you know, like interviews and stuff like that, that type of like television, like, you know, like Bravo TV does a whole bunch of things like that or guest appearances on TV shows. Um, I auditioned for Orange is the New Black, the one where Keisha Carr got that part. I'm not sure if you guys uh, Yes, yeah. I, I auditioned for stuff like that. That's very fun to me. And I could love doing stuff like that if it ever worked out. Um, as far as competition shows, I know there's one, isn't there one like on Hulu or something like that as well? Probably. <laughs> there's so many. Madeline so Hatter was on one, right? Yeah, so, Dragula. Yeah, Dragula, Dragula yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't get me wrong, I'd love to watch them. And I think it's really, really exciting to see what those queens put on that stage. But as far as me, probably not. <laughs> probably not. You, you mean, weren't in shade? Why not? <laughs> I, <know>, right? <laughs> I was a part of that, but I remember that TV show. That's right. <laughs> um, 
Okay. Uh, what do you have any like upcoming projects to promote? Usually the queens we ask don't have that many, but you have a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I could talk about, I can talk some of the stuff I'm not really ready to talk about, but the things that I can talk about traveling wise um, for the fall is going to be pretty busy for me. I'm going to, as we said, Disneyland uh, next weekend, which is very exciting. And then the following week, following month in October, I go down to Key West. I perform down there for Fantasy Fest which is, if you don't know what Fantasy Fest is, it's basically, it's their Mardi Gras. It's an adult clothing optional Halloween week and a half long party. And people travel from all over the world. It's a lot of swingers, a lot of people walking around butt naked, uh, but it is fabulous. You meet the most incredible people in the entire world. And um, swingers are really like the most n- coolest people that you ever, maybe not like the prettiest people sometimes, but, <laughs> like definitely the coolest. And I just have the best time down in Key West. If you ever get a chance, I highly recommend going to Key West, whether it's during Fantasy Fest or anytime. It's really a fabulous place. So I'll be doing that in October. I go down there for a week. And then in November, I go to Amsterdam and they're performing uh, with Skylar Versailles. And then I go to Paris and I'm performing at Paris for a little bit as well. Ah, international. It's a busy fall for me. It's a very busy fall, but it's very (laughs) exciting. So I'm very, very excited. That was so much fun. (laughs) Booked and blessed, baby. Yeah, that's the thing nowadays, right? That's what children are saying. That's what the the kids are. (laughs) Again, I'm very grateful. And, you know, if you want to do this, if this is something you want to do, put your time in and uh, definitely, definitely, definitely just keep putting yourself out there. It's the biggest thing I can say. Just keep putting yourself out there. Meet people constantly. Don't just go finish a show and then talk to a friend at a bar. It doesn't do you any good. There are a lot of people there. There's a lot of how I got all these opportunities is by meeting people that came to my shows. And we're especially if you're a queen that's listening from New York City so many people come from all over the world so highly highly recommend is talking to people at the end of your show going up to them get their phone numbers get their instagram get their twitter get whatever you can and keep in touch with them and then you never know what's going to come of it i performed in places from the u.s to all around the world to a swingers club in san antonio texas you know what i mean like i performed in crazy places just because i've met people after my shows so that's a big recommendation to all new queens that are listening right now highly highly recommend yeah, Martyr, take notes. I got my <laughs> current job from being in drag at a Halloween party. So fuck you, Kate. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's how you get it. Trust me, I've done crazy things. I've performed at like um, a Republican convention I once did. Oh, yeah, yep. you pay my rate, I'll go anywhere. Okay, I know. <laughs> but I've done some crazy things like over the years. I One of my friends performed at a funeral. She had to bust in the doors of a drag queen that passed away. Yeah, you guys <laughs> story? So she, they got a picture of the drag queen that passed away. And she had to dress up as that drag queen, go to the church. She was in a side room with another coffin and she <laughs> dressed up and then had to burst through the doors of the church and be like, surprise, I'm here. And then dance around the theater or dance around the church. And she did it. Apparently the audience loved it because they thought the drag queen, that would be something the, the drag queen totally would have loved. But okay. there's a lot of gigs out there, children. <laughs> a lot of opportunities to have. <laughs> um what's the best advice you've been giving given about drag that i've been given about drag yeah Mm -hmm. um you know it came from uh i was talking way back in the day with bianca del rio and sherry vine um and i know i was asking them advice and talking to them about advice and kind of how to go about this whole career um and they best said that a lot of people are going to give you advice. A lot of people down the road are going to say, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to, you know, you got to wear nails. You got to do earrings. You got to do this. You got to say this. You got to do that. You got to wear this. And I would say, just take it with a grain of salt, take it 
listen to it, digest it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's your drag. It's you. It's what you want to put out there. That's what's so great about drag. It's you're not putting on a show like where there's a script in front of you. You get to be your own self. You get to be your own identity. Listen to what everyone's saying. Take it in, but just digest it. Let it see. Let hit what you want to hit and listen to what you want to listen to. I highly recommend listening. But uh, at the end of the day, you're the one that has to go on the stage. So I highly recommend just be yourself. Do what. Um, makes you happy because that it's a really grueling job and if you're doing something if you're on stage trying to be something that you're not it's never gonna fucking work or sorry never gonna work <laughs> <It's> <laughs> what i recommend though for sure take it with a grain of salt and listen um, but be yourself for sure that's good advice yeah, yeah. Here. Um, it's my turn i did vocal this time yeah you were you were okay this episode <laughs> okay, okay. Are, you, are you normally okay. the quiet one yes I, yeah yeah um, <laughs> I, I get shy around people, but usually um, she's like <laughs> editing and like just yeah, doing other things. <laughs> Whatever. How long have you guys been doing this podcast? Oh, what did we just hit? Three years? Oh wow! Yeah, it'll be yeah, it'll be four years soon. A couple months. Four years yeah. next year. Yeah. Work. That's exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, we also lose Glam Awards. <laughs> only, only twice now, though. But... Only twice. Yeah, you got 20 more to catch up to me, okay? Uh, yeah, we're going to get there. We're going to try. <laughs> um, okay. Mix Holly. Uh, <laughs> can you give She's us... She's not a Brooklyn girl. <laughs> uh, it's gender neutral. Leave me alone. Can Go you ahead. give us a salacious, licentious, devious, crazy moment in nightlife that you've experienced or maybe even partook in um give us a rumor give us a wild story that will go down in the queer history books of nyc there are so many i have seen i mean oh my gosh uh i was trying to think about like one that's really really good like what could beat the best of the best i mean i've worked at the black party over the years i'm not sure if you guys know what that is it's a huge fetish sexual party Mm. um and i had to be a matahara where i had all these um what's the proper term, sex workers, uh, male sex workers all around me, totally butt naked. One was feeding me a hookah, one was feeding me grapes. Like it was fabulous, but I couldn't move for five hours. So (laughs) I I mean, I've had crazy stories like that, but I think my favorite, favorite, favorite story of all time was something I actually saw. It wasn't something I um, participated in. (laughs) Um, And I'm not sure if I should say the drag queen's name, but I'll just say her. I'm sure this queen would have no issue because there's many, many people that saw this and it was definitely filmed. But I'll just say she for now. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Was a performance at Ritz Bar at a show called Saliva, which was like a drag competition. I'm sure you guys know it. And yeah, uh, we hear about it a lot. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like people talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was wild. It was it was really really great. And like what they would do is you had to win a competition. And at the very end, it was like a thousand dollar prize to be the head of Saliva or whatever, the queen of saliva. And I was just there, I think it was a judge or I was just there watching, I can't really remember. Um, And this one queen comes out with this shopping cart and she pushes it out. And she's like kind of in this 1950s, you know, bells out type of dress, um, kind of like a petticoat underneath of it. And looks like a 1950s housewife. And the song starts, I can't remember what the song was. And uh, she just starts chopping up all this fruit. She's got strawberries and bananas and pineapple. And she's basically making a fruit salad. And that's basically all she's doing. Lip syncing every now and then when she wants to. And just making a fruit salad. And then she looks like she lost something. She's like looking around. She can't find something. She's looking underneath the uh, shopping cart. She's looking to the left, right. And we're thinking, oh God, she forgot a prop. And I'm thinking... 
this is a mistake during the biggest competition. Like, this is it. And then she walks out in front of the cart and lifts her petticoat and skirt all the way up to her titties, squats down, and shits out a full apple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she proceeds to chop up the apple, <laughs> put it in the fruit salad, and then walks around, tries to offer the fruit salad to people. Nobody takes it, obviously. And she <laughs> eats the fruit salad on the stage and finishes it before the number's over. <laughs> that might be one of the craziest <laughs> I want what song was she doing? I can't remember, but it was something uh, like very Wiggles fruit salad. Yeah. <laughs> It was something very, very like, oh God, I wish I could remember. But it was something just very like 1950s type of sounding like weird. Were there Um, multiple queens that did apples up the ass? Because I heard the other story of the apple up the ass where 4G also ate it. Um, I think it was Jasmine Rice that did that. I I don't know. I mean, this was back in like, this was the first time I saw it happen. Oh no, Mm. Jasmine shit out something else. I mean, the people have done crazy (laughs) things. I think that was the one I saw that I was there. Mm. I've also seen, I'm not sure if you guys have ever heard the queen Epiphany. Uh, yes. who lives down in Key West. I saw her fist a guy on stage once <laughs> down at Barracuda Lounge. So I've seen some crazy Green. things over the years. <laughs> and I'm all for it. I love I love all of that stuff. I mean, I come from the days of shock where drag is supposed to make you shocked and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I just recently had a girl at my open call that took a staple gun and every time she got a tip would staple the gun, <laughs> staple gun dollars to her legs and her chest. And I thought it was padding, but nope, it was just her bare leg and she was bleeding down her legs and everything. So I've seen a lot of crazy shit over the years, for sure. For sure. It's like a thing. I've seen that too with the yeah. performers. Oh, it's gun. like a thing. Yeah. It's like it a sideshow thing. I think. It is a sideshow yeah. thing. It yeah. is definitely a sideshow thing. I'm like, <laughs> nope, too old for that stuff. Too old to do that mm-hmm. stuff. No more. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, hell no. <laughs> not getting paid enough. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so our last question is okay. where do you want to take your drag in the future? Um Good question. Uh, I really, really get into producing stuff. Um, It's really, I have a joy in that idea. And that comes from my background um, in theater and everything. I really like, um, don't get me wrong, I love the classic drag show that I do on Wednesdays at Monster Road, but I really get into producing other drag queens and like putting these concepts together. So I guess, you know, I would love to do a show that could be like off Broadway or even perform on Broadway and drag would be so much fun. and I would really, I really enjoy traveling. So I think that's um, something I definitely want to keep doing in the future. Um, I know as far as when I'm done with New York City, which God knows when that will be, I definitely want to end up in Key West. Uh, the drag scene down there is way more slower and way more perfect way to kind of wrap up my drag career. But, um, uh, and it's a paradise and beautiful. But as of now, I really want to do, um, would love to produce more shows. A Broadway show would be very exciting to do in drag um, and definitely travel more as much as I can I really really love being able to see the world sounds fun (laughs) Um, well thank you so much for coming on our show babe of course thank you guys so much for having me it was very exciting to be here um we're we're not worthy yeah (laughs) we're where can the kids find you on the internet I, I knew you were gonna ask me this. I was like, this is so embarrassing. I've got Facebook and I've got Instagram, and I can barely do my Instagram. Um, I don't have Twitter. I don't have TikTok. Oh God, no, that is way too complicated. <laughs> I think I have Snapchat just to look at hot boys. I don't really know if I have that for any reason. But Instagram, that's where you can find me. Uh, Holly Day, uh, and again, Day is spelled D A E, and it's Holly Day NYC is my Instagram. And if I'm not on there very much, I at least 
post every single show that I'm doing. So if you ever want to come see me, you can see all my shows are posted in my story. Beautiful. Thank you again, babe. It's been Thank a you pleasure. Guys. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> um, I was Martyr. I was Sweet Temper. And this was... Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm C. Tepper. You can follow me on Instagram at C-T-E-P-P-E-R and read my book, The State of Drag, where I interviewed 175 drag queens from around the world. All proceeds go to charity on Amazon.com. Ooh, I love that. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Drag the Martyr. And if you have any thoughts, comments, dick pics, send them to dragthemartyr at gmail.com. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Pandora. And catch up with past episodes on work.com. That's W-E-R-R-R-K.com. Artwork for Wigging Out was provided by Glitter Baby Online. That's Glitter Baby Online. Thank you. Ha <laughs> ha!